Love Rise is supported by Bloom, a self-help resource for women who have felt betrayed in their relationships, you know, whether from infidelity, pornography, or anything else. From Bloom, this is Scabs, and you're listening to Love Rise. It's a podcast about experiments in love and life and happiness. Today, we're going to talk with Dr. John Rady. We'll talk about how the brain can heal the body and how the body can heal the brain. We'll talk about the power of dance dance revolution. We'll talk about how exercise can actually make us smarter. So I'm so excited to share today's interview with Dr. John Rady. He's a researcher who has been studying the connection between the body and the mind for decades. And as you'd probably guess, he's also an avid exerciser. So squash was your exercise of choice? Oh God, yeah. No, we played that. <laughs> 20 years, 25 years, three times a week. Really? You had a, like a group of people you played with? There were four of us, If and it depended on who was in town. It's so quick. You don't even know you're moving. You know, you're, you're taking two steps really in a hurry or three steps and running back, and then immediately you serve, so there's no delay. It's like in racquetball, you have to walk back to the service line, oh. and, you know, you have to run a little further. Obviously, the court's so much bigger, but... The fast sprint kind of, I mean, our heart rates were up. They were up there. Did sure. you ever have any run-ins with the ball? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't play ball sports. Sure, <laughs> getting hit with it from behind or, or hitting the other person or, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Part of life. Part of life. So I recently read two of his books, Spark, The Revolutionary Science of Exercise in the Brain, and the other one was Go Wild, Free Your Body and Your Mind from the Afflictions of Civilization. Now, both books are filled with tons of cool ways that our bodies and our minds connect and heal each other. Dr. Rady has spent a lifetime studying neuroscience, and it's one of those fields of study that has made incredible leaps just in our lifetime. And I don't remember who told me this, but this always stuck in my head that if you lose a brain cell, it's, it's gone. It's already gone, yeah. Well, we didn't know about new brain cells in humans. We had some idea, but most of the hard-edged neuroscientists really poo-pooed it. They said, no, it never happens. It was just like you said. We got nerve cells and then we lost them. That's kind of scary as a kid. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, don't drink, you don't yeah. smoke, smoke marijuana, anything's bad. Don't mess up your brain, because yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. over. Yeah. So uh, then, really, in the, the mid-90s is when the revolution took off, when Carl uh, mm. uh, Kottman at the University of California, Irvine, was on a big study for what prevented the onset of Alzheimer's disease. Okay, so they found three factors, and one of them was exercise. So he started looking at this, and lo and behold, in mice, he got the mice running on a running wheel, and they liked it. He found that they improved their scores, uh, SAXA, the mouse SAT scores, but uh, (laughs) just for effect. Then he looked at their brains. Their brains got thicker. The cortex was thicker, and they weighed more. And a certain part of the brain was bigger. The hippocampus was bigger, twenty percent, thirty percent bigger than it was pre-exercising. And they only exercised for seven days, two weeks. You know, so they were just something was happening very quickly. Yeah, within two weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, well it's a long time for a mouse. <laughs> okay, in human time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't even know, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's more than two weeks. Like dog years. Uh, yeah, dog yeah. years, cat years. Well, mice years is even quicker. <laughs> in the mice, we were able to see we had more brain cells, you know, in 1995, 94. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were hypothesizing that this happened in humans, too. And then in 99, a couple of experiments were, came together, and it was uh, incontrovertible that we humans also have made new brain cells every day, and that exercise promoted that more than anything else that we know of. I mean, that's now, a pretty six, exciting. I mean, that's an uh, exciting discovery. That was huge. Describe that moment for you when you, when you learned that. No, no, no. It just was like... Oh my God! It's, it was like a it's a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. This is something, and, and and since I had written the brain book, I had sort of had, had talked about how in songbirds in the eighties, uh, a guy here at Harvard was saying songbirds every year make new brain cells to pick up new songs. Okay, mm-hmm. because the songs change. Really yeah. nice. Yeah, really cute. And they could they could see them, you know, and they could identify the new brain cells. So then everybody said, oh, well, yeah, that's okay for small, you know, maybe for birds, but not for, not for mammals. But then we showed with mice and rats and dogs and cats. But then we looked at humans finally, and lo and behold, we too made new brain cells every day. So for me, it was like, oh, my God, how can this be? You know, <laughs> this is not something that we ever knew. Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, take you back on the journey. You know, it wasn't until, I mean, it's a short journey. And in 1988 is when we learned that we changed our brain mm. significantly with practice. You know, I mean, we didn't, we had an idea of that, but we didn't have the definitive right. kind of studies. No, the studies were incredible. And so, mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't a very long time after that, only 10 years after that, that we said, hey, not only can we make our brain cells thicker and more connected, but we have can make more of them, which was really like, wow. You know, a lot of our society thinks, or this is kind of like a, a, an idea that people have, is people can't change. Right. Once you're one way, you're the same way. Right. Which, well, we're, we're just proving that every day. In his book, Spark, Dr. Rady tells about a school in Naperville, Illinois, and their fitness concept called Zero Hour PE. So over a period of about 20 years, they had this overhaul in their PE program. And what happened was every student was spending about 45 minutes each day working at their target cardio heart rate. And when the students were tested with uh, the BMI testing or body mass index testing, it showed that the students, um, only 3% of those students were overweight and zero were obese. And this was at a time when our nation was at a point of about 33% um, being overweight. So which is all fantastic. But what really caught Dr. Rady's attention about this school was their results on the TIMS test or the International Math and Science test. Now, every few years, students across the world, they take this test. And in the school in Naperville, with 19,000 students, you know, they tested. And the results were they were number one in the world in science and number six in math. I couldn't believe what they were doing. You know, I mean, here was these PE teachers who were trying to get as much 
up on neuroscience as they could because they knew they were doing something. They had these kids every day. They built this program up strip by strip. It wasn't just all this money coming in to, mm -hmm. to make their program unbelievable. But over 30 years, really, it wow. grew. And it, it grew so that it was part of the cumulative average. PE grade was part of the cumulative average. And the big part of the revolution was that he had determined that you should look at all kids equally. So what he said is, okay, the grade is going to be based on the amount of time you spend in your cardiac training zone. And so he got heart rate monitors for all the kids or in, in class. They wore them just in class. And so when you had your heart rate in the training zone, that was a, you got, if you were in and up there percentage-wise, then you got a good grade. Mm, so in other words, he had all the kids doing whatever activity, had the heart monitor on them, and then he would get the recordings in his computer, right? Right. And then he could tell, you know, no matter what fitness level you're at, if you're working hard, you get an A. Yes. What this did is if you were an athlete and you were already fit, you had to work hard. And right. Be, you had to work hard. You work your okay. buns off, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you were, you came in and you weren't very good and you were discoordinated or you were a geeky kid or you were the kind of kid that didn't want to go to PE, gym class, you hated it, um, well, you could get an A. And so they, they, each kid was pressed. Plus, they they introduced all these different sports to to really uh, allow kids to develop not just in basketball, football, baseball, uh, soccer, you know, lacrosse, whatever, but all kinds of things. Like they they did kayaking in the swimming pool, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like never heard of that, you know, in high mm -hmm. school, you know. Yeah. But but these these PE teachers felt very empowered. Because they felt that they were, they would argue that they're mainly responsible for the high test scores, uh, you know. <laughs> right? They and, can get a salary and, raise. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only salary raise, but but also respect. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, I have a cousin who is a PE teacher in Idaho, and when I told her I was going to interview, she she got so excited, you know. <laughs> But she she's a big fan of of your book Spark too, and she told me that's what's inspired her in her school. They they do cross country skiing, they do mountain biking, they do disc golf, they do they have heart monitors and iPads and do you know all kinds of fun, interesting, different things rather than your normal, you know, basketball and Foursquare or you know whatever. But those things are included also. But she just she loves it, loves yeah, yeah. it. No, Kids no, no, love it. it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 see if you get. The, the PE teachers into it mm -hmm. and not just worrying about their sports teams mm -hmm. and coach their coaching. Yeah. It is a whole different animal. And then it, it pervades the school once this begins, you know, because then the other teachers recognize it. That and so true. And, and, and it's, it's like, Oh, it's really true. I mean, the Greeks were really right. It's about the body <laughs> and the brain. Huh? Right. And the I don't know why we try to separate those things. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, so. you're right, though. My cousin has gotten a lot of recognition, you yes. know, in her state, in her school. You know, even in the country, she's won awards for her work in her PE classes. It's been yeah. 
is awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's 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 happening now, and and I think, you know, it it's so hard to change. I mean, that's always what what I, I was interviewed this morning by the Koreans for the Korean broadcasting right. system, and they. They say, how can we change all of Korea? You know, it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> they have it a little easier than we do because they can make a centralized policy change. This Whereas <laughs> we have to argue every every minute, you know, with 50,000 school boards. So a couple of years ago, something really terrible happened to me in my life. And um, literally, I laid on the couch day after day, after week, after month, right? And I ate Oreos all the time. Yep. So, you know, I'd do the bare minimum, get my kids to school and then on the couch, you know, and then I would sleep and then, you know, you know the story, stay up late at night, watch weird TV at night and, and, and felt tired and worse and deeper in the hole that I was already in. So talk to me about this kind of situation. I mean, how does someone find the motivation or the spark, right? Right. To, to get out of this. Well, that's that's what's hard, you know, I mean, and and that's, you know, as I, I was saying, uh, exercise is usurped by the body people in a way, you know, it's like, and it's a it's a long term vision more, you know, sculpt your body, do 30 day, you know, mm. P90X in 30 days, you'll lose 10 pounds. We will. But. It, it it also is something that people have to recognize that they change every day, that they are better that day. And the people at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor have really focused on this in the past 10, 15 years to say, okay, we have to rebrand exercise to say, okay, you will feel better after you exercise. So uh, for instance, See, uh, given your your description of you, mm-hmm. if if you were in my office today, I would show you a slide, okay, of the the change in a in a person who was like you, who had like bipolar two depression, right? You know where you're, you know you're not going to move, blah blah blah. Right. Well, they had twenty six of them, I guess, in in two thousand five. This one guy did the study. And, you know, they're sitting in their chair or laying on their couch and, you know. Wasting away. Wasting, yeah, wasting Mm -hmm. their brains away. And, okay, so he got all these, he got these people and he said, okay, we're going to get you on the treadmill. So for 30 minutes, they got them on a treadmill and encouraged them, moved them along, had them walk faster, had them walk uphill, got their heart rates up just for 30 minutes. They said, it's only 30 minutes, just do it. They took scores before and after. It was remarkable, you know, mm. and they could see that they were le- certainly less depressed, less d- distressed inside, mm-hmm. less angry, mm-hmm. less worried, mm-hmm. you know, and percentage-wise now. It wasn't miraculous or they would, you know, it would be a miracle here. But in, these are the worst levels, yeah. Yeah. okay, of depression. And so... So you need to see that and and realize that, and so somebody like you and and we would we try to do this with my nonprofit is try to get people around the country who were exercisers to be mentors and coaches for you 
on the couch, when you were on the couch, to, to come every day and to say, okay, let's get going, you know, because they believed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, churches could do it and do do it uh, for w- the Southern Baptist churches and the Methodist churches in the South were doing it for weight loss, mm-hmm. you know, grouping, going out and getting yeah. people very obese uh, population. It's cutting down a little bit, but it started with the Methodist ministers. Um, mm, that's kind of and, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because they finally said, oh, yeah, this is God gave us this body. We better respect it and work with it. Care you know? for it. So, yeah. Mm. And um, so but anyway, so the same way with the depression, it's hard for you to, to have done that. You know, you could have done it one day if somebody would have mm-hmm. impressed you. Mm-hmm. And but it, then they come back and back and back and just like get you up and out outside and and sure it's the social connection and it's being outside it's all that adds to the benefit. It does. I, I want to ask you about that. Talk about the social connection and talk about being outside. Yeah. Well, I talk about it a lot and go wild. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 Well, being outside is it has its own magic for us and you in arizona you know you have it nice and me nice. here now today is, <laughs> is a great time when i'm when i'm done i'm going for a run along the charles river you oh, know good. so yeah so uh because it's warm enough you know and it's nice so uh, and it smells good and it feels oh, yeah. good and it you yeah, can yeah, the yeah, sound yeah, no. and the, mm. there's all this stuff that that goes along with it you know mm. that that uh that we get, uh, that we know that nature changes our brain and changes our body and makes us healthier, makes our immune system work better, makes lowers our blood pressure, makes us heal quicker, you know, and uh, and so we know all this stuff. We know that that that's true, uh, and then the connection cannot be undersold. It's having somebody to run with or to a group to be identified with that is 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 getting to be almost way more important than the exercise itself. Oh, that's really interesting. Tell me yeah. tell me a little bit more about the impact of connection well, in our know, brains and our bodies. Right. We know that 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 this has always been the case that it's that it's important for us to be connected to others and mm-hmm. what we know now why a lot more about the hormones, mm-hmm. about oxytocin, science and, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, vasopressin and all these things that change in our in our brains, but uh, and 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 these help us bond better and make us feel better. Okay, and and also what I say. Well, okay, looking at it from a brain perspective, when you're exercising, you are using your brain at as much as your brain as you have. I mean, you are using all of your brain. So really? all working, yeah. Hmm. Our brain evolved to help us be the best movers that we could be. So, And if you're outside, you're using your sensory brain more than if you're running on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to watch for things, you have to pay attention, mm-hmm. uh, so, so on. If you're with another person, that's another demand. Another layer. It's another layer of demand. Oh, I love it. In a way, on the brain. So, 
if we think about the brain as a muscle, which is what we have since 2000 or so, the brain is a muscle and the more we stimulate it, the more we stress it, the better it gets. And this is what uh, maximal is, is if you're outside, if you're uh, with somebody, if it's interesting or fun or if it's challenging, Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're more likely to accept the challenge with another person or with a group if mm-hmm. you have a running group or if you mm-hmm. have a biking group or if you have a Zumba group uh, you know do it outside yeah yeah you know you know how I got off the couch oh um, I have two German shepherds oh. and, I, and I have two kids and I remember uh, one night I mean you know Arizona's nice all the time so you know, barefoot, I took my dogs outside with my two kids. And it's probably the first time I'd really gotten off the couch and gone outside in so long. And I sprinted up and down our street with my dogs sprinting with me and my kids sprinting with me. And I sprinted up and down, you know, just to the next driveway or so. Yep. Maybe five times. Yep. And I, and I you know, like I said, it was barefoot. It was night. It was warm. It was... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the feeling of when I was finished. I felt good. Yeah. You see, and that's what pe- people know that. Or yeah. You, you forget that. You forget it. See, there it was, it was, it was paradigm shifting enough for mm-hmm. you to remember that. So mm-hmm. it was wired in just like bad news is wired in. Yeah. Say, okay, I can, I can do this and I can chase it. And people go after that that sense of... And it's this glorious feeling of your body moving. Like, you know, who sprints? I, I'm almost 40. Who goes out and sprints, you know? So I go out and I'm running and my heart's racing and my body feels alive for the first time in, in months. It was amazing. Yeah, well, sprinting is not to be undersold. The high-intensity <laughs> intervals are pretty pretty common these days yeah. uh the the, the high intensity yeah, exercise true. whether it's sprinting or whether it's 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 doing 20 seconds 10 seconds rest mm-hmm. times eight uh, the tabata exercises you can do anything squats jumping jacks uh push-ups uh any kind of jumps you know, for for mm-hmm. 20 seconds and then you have 10 seconds rest you do it again you do it again you do it again yeah eight yeah times. Yeah, it's it, it's like this feeling of like electricity, and yep. it does it w- awakes your mind, awakes your body, and kind of opens your heart to life a little bit more. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, this brings me to another kind of thought I had while I was reading your stories. Um, often you tell these little snippets of, you know, stories about people that uh, that weren't excited about exercise and then found a moment where they were excited and joyful. And, and they like this. Like there was one story in particular I remember about a girl who, I think you kind of already mentioned this, where she was kayaking and, well, she wasn't, uh, her story was she wasn't too interested in sports or exercise right. or connection with people or kind of a she shy. Was, she, she was an engineer type. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Kind, of, kind of in her own world. And, and she got into um, kayaking and she was good at it. And she started to feel this like joy and it changed so much for her. So I think my question for, for, for that is, you know, how do we find that joy in, in getting out and moving? Yeah. Well, I think the, first of all, is, is to be 
able to now th- that particular girl was I know a lot about her because we yeah uh, interviewed her yeah. yeah and it wouldn't have happened had she not also been prepared as her, her her fitness level been at a high enough level so she could take part in that mm. see it's not just it's not like it's, one day she just is like oh, no 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 it just it's, it comes along and hits you and okay now I'll go do paddle boarding you know or something mm-hmm. you know you you have to you have to be fit enough so that you can do that and then what you know what was great about her and the Naperville system is that they exposed kids to all kinds of stuff mm. you know climbing rock climbing uh uh you know hiking going mountain climbing going you know they 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 had the resources and took the time and had weekends to do these things you know outside and then they she got into the kayaking well they had also they had this video game called dance dance revolution okay, yeah is, i know uh, that <laughs> okay well unbelievable video game right yeah that really gets you going and gets you moving and they had a club there uh at naperville where they had about 30 people in the club I mean, a club, and they had a club meeting every week, and they had competitions, and and the 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 head of the club was this girl who was a goth, you know, a goth <laughs> with the black fingernails and uh, long black hair, and uh, you know, dressed all yeah. in black. But she was a champ, dance dance revolution girl. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Did you guys go head to head? Yeah, oh, no, I didn't. I, no, no, no. I, I, I'm a neophyte, so. No, no, no. She, she was a champ of the school. So as Dr. Rady says, physical exercise, it really, it turns on our brains. And when we're moving and breathing and exercising, our whole brains begin to fire and work together. And after hearing about the Naperville experience, the Naperville school, I started thinking about my own daughter. She just started junior high. There's no recess, there's little PE, there's constant testing, they go to class after class after class, and when she gets home from school, you know, there's mountains of homework. And I can tell that she'd been feeling frustrated and kind of sad. And so after reading his book, Spark, I decided to implement our own, our family's own zero-hour PE. So we you know, we'll take time either in the morning or after school to go running. You know, we'll race our bikes around the block. We'll, you know, play catch. Um, I even bought one of those tether balls, you know, like you had in fourth grade. I'm trying to focus on making sure my kids have that kind of physical outlet every day. So after telling Dr. Rady about my own, my own daughter and her own junior high experience, you know, we both agree that in junior high, exercise can become complicated. And it's, and it's really complicated. Uh... When you get to junior, in most schools, when you get to junior high, and especially, mm-hmm. because of the hair. The hair. Think about that. What is the most big, biggest problem for a girl? Her hair. Going all at it. <laughs> well, hair. maybe, yeah, I remember and that, having to redo you, my hair. The, the, the Surgeon General of the United States, <laughs> friend of she, she, when she was... She's now out of the office, but 
when she was Surgeon General, one of the things she did is she went to J Johnson & Johnson, everybody who made hair products. She went to their big Calupidu. And she was, because she was saying, look, this is a problem. You have to, we, we need your help in getting hair products so that the girls can get, can, can have exercise and not have everything fall apart. Because it, especially in some areas and some cultures, that's everything, you yeah. know, and they, they, they spend, a, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. They spend, a, uh, you know, hours getting ready and then they go and they're, they're going to blow it by running as hard as they can or running. So did they listen to her? Oh, yeah. No, they, they did. But uh, better, better, the Naperville story, where no one gives a shit about their hair. Right. I mean, I mean, they care, but they don't really care. Cause they'll, they'll, <laughs> so, they'll, so they'll get the kind of athletic cuts that, that make sense. So they don't have to spend the time to, mm -hmm. you know, get all dolled up all the mm -hmm. time. So. Mm -hmm. that's, so That's a pretty yeah. awesome story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, I know you talked about food, also sugar and sleep, and carbs. Just in the last few minutes um, before you go, I, I want to ask you. I mean, tell me, tell me about the impact of sugar, carbs, and not much sleep on the body and the brain. Well, they and they probably run in the same family. You know, mm -hmm. they the. All those things. Carbs in general, it means sugar, okay? Mm -hmm. it, uh, and carbs, unfortunately, means starch, and most people like starch. You know, if, if you're not a sugaraholic, you're not a chocoholic, you're likely, oh, I love bread, I love pasta, I love rice, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they are just, pasta, bread, and rice are just power-packed sugar. I mean, they're just crushed together sugar. Uh, and when in your body, you soon make bread into sugar, you know, the glucose. So high glucose in your body has an effect on immediately on your insulin and you're trying to get rid of it. Uh, because if, when you don't, it's toxic. It's toxic to your cells. It's toxic to your immune system. That poor diet and being overweight and having diabetes is really deadly for the brain i mean in terms of yeah talk a little bit more about that like um how does how does sugar or even what you're talking about there um affect us mentally in our mental health yeah it's not it's over time and it's not just one bullet right you know? it, it it's over time it begins to to really be toxic to our nerve cells as well and mm. so you begin to see uh, erosion of the brain. And that's what uh, cognitive, what we call cognitive decline is all about. You see this drop-off. Wow. Memory, remembering names and all that, but drop-off on your capacity, too. Wow. Yeah. And so and now studies showing that it, the more overweight you are, the, the slower your brain is working or the less well it's working in large studies now showing this so hmm. uh, and and so forth so we really are uh, very very high on on making sure that uh, the diets are contain less carbohydrate 
and are more are truly more balanced and, and less dependent on carbs. Hmm. I love I love that because I've noticed even like I told you on the couch is eating all those Oreos. Oh yeah. And then yeah. you know you, you get up and it, and you're right. It's not overnight. It takes time. You know you might have a broccoli here and there, <laughs> and then and but it feels so good to eat fresh and good and healthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, then and then, and then uh, finishing up about you keep mentioning sleep, mm-hmm. which I think is is a huge problem in the world. Mm-hmm. because of our digital world because we can be up and connected and excited and interested and you know who's on Facebook who's on Instagram who's on who's pinning me whatever who's I mean, on first yeah 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 <laughs> everybody everybody all the time and uh, we're all addicted to it yeah come on you're gonna check your email when we're done uh, I know that <laughs> I'll try not to Actually, no, it's no, not no, no, it's no. not nighttime, so I can still check it. <laughs> right? You see what I mean? Yes. I mean, it's just yes. the way it is. You go into a restaurant; everybody has their uh, computers out, you know, or their, right? their our phones and our faces. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh my lord, you know, it's like, and, and it's it's happened years ago, and and now it's really amazing, you know, and. Just this one, there's this one large city in China that has over 20, 24 million people in it. Uh, and uh, they have instituted sidewalks that are divided in half. And half of uh, the people that, that, uh, that are using cell phones are in one space and people without cell phones are in another space. Oh, no way. Tutored it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they have signs and they have fines. If you're, if you're doing your cell phone in the non-cell phone space, bang, you'll get stopped and, and get a ticket. Yeah. Wow. So it's that, it's that, it's that prominent mm-hmm. worldwide. Mm-hmm. And... And this has everything to do with sleep, because we 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 can entertain ourselves. We you know have a billion channels, YouTube, whatever, mm-hmm. TED talks, you know whatever you want. It's there, and so and it's always there, and it's always pulling at you. So you got to deal with it, and uh, and we don't deal with it well because, and especially kids from early times, early times are get using their cell phones and they're checking to see whether they're loved or hated or whatever. Right. What their status but, is for the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they're valuable or not. Right, right. No, that's the word. Mm-hmm. If they're valued, are you relevant anymore? Yeah. So that's why we check our cell phone. Okay, something might good might have happened, something bad might have happened. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like. <laughs> It's like, uh, or people take check Facebook to see who's responded or not, how many people commented or not. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so it cheats the sleep, and so you you get we're a sleep deprived world, really. Yeah. yeah, you know, recently, probably three months now, I've been doing a sleep study on myself. So I got one of those apps, you know, that checks how you're sleeping at night. Yes. And I noticed that I was sleeping 
five hours on average. Yes. You know, and I thought, oh, I want more sleep. And I tried to figure out how can I have deeper, better, more fulfilling sleep? What would, what would your suggestions be? Well, you first of all, get everything out of the room that has lights, okay? Mm -hmm. Everything with lights out. Stop your, using your computer an hour and a half, two hours before. Stop TV, read a book. Mm. Don't even use your uh, Kindle, mm. although it's so convenient. Uh, right. <laughs> Jesus. But you want your, your natural as can be, no noise, no, no light. So mm. no charging phones, nothing. In your, in your, you make it all dark. Actually, somebody from Arizona, uh, Andy Wiles area, uh, out there, well, I spent a week with him, and he was asleep, studied sleep for 25 years. And so he's, he said, you have to make the best sleep culture. It's a sleep, sleep area. You have to really make make sure that this is an area that you, you that you don't uh, you don't impact it with activity in any way or in any any disturbance. So, in other words, you know, you're. Your bedroom is dedicated to sleep. To sleep. Yeah. And then what I, I talk about in Go Wild, I had a president of a school uh, or a college, university, who uh, realized that she was really getting off track uh, health-wise in every way. And a big part of that was she was answering email until 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm because she was a responsible person and wanted to you know be on top of everything so she decided that the best the first lever that she was going to press of wellness was the level of of sleep so she stopped looking at her email at 9:30 at night so by 11 she was ready to go to sleep mm. and she did this religiously and she went to sleep at uh, 11 got up at 7 did her then started working out every morning then her diet fell into place. Mm. She lost uh, all this weight and blah, blah, blah. So, and then she, she was also the president of a school called Spelman College, which was a school for African-American women. And one of their big problems is that they're all overweight, or a lot of them were overweight. So she started uh, health and wellness programs for the whole school, for all of her uh, enrollees and uh, took the million, million and a half dollars away from the teams. There are two or three teams in the NCAA tournaments that they had. So she said, no, we're going to use this money for everybody. So she brought mm. in coaches. She brought in yeah, much, you know, a lot of alumni were, you know, PO'd. But the point being <laughs> is that, she, that she was going to make it also a healthy experience for her girls. Sounds a lot like the Naperville experience. Yes, where everyone yes. was equal. Everyone was important enough to spend this time and money right. on. Well, it's been so awesome talking with you. Okay. Well, it's good talking with you. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. You can see more about the brain and the body on Dr. Rady's website. That's johnrady.com, J-O-H-N-R-A-T-E-Y.com. Or you can get updates on his Facebook page, which always has lots of cool links to different uh, sites and information about our bodies, depression, uh, how our minds can help us be calmer, more focused, sleep, all these kinds of things we talked about today. At his Facebook page, you can look it up 
um, under John Rady, MD. That's John, J-O-H-N, Rady, R-A-T-E-Y, and then MD. So just in full confession here, about half an hour before I was scheduled to interview Dr. Rady, my mind went totally blank. And it, it, feel, it felt a lot like, you know, those times where you stay up all night studying for a big test and then you go the next morning, you walk into the classroom, you sit down with your pencil and, and then you just stare at the test with no recognition, just blank. Well, that's how I felt in the morning of reviewing my interview notes. And, and so you know what I did? I tied up my hair in a ponytail, I laced up my shoes and I went for a run. And I went for a run because the thing that I've learned most in my study of Dr. Rady and this interview is how deeply tied our brains are to our bodies. And I knew that if I got my body moving, my brain would follow and my brain would start moving too. And it did. So thanks for listening today. Um, do you have a story about how your own body healed your mind or how your mind healed your body? Or do you have a zero hour PE story? Because we would love to hear it. Send us your ideas at scabs at bloomforwomen.com. That's scabs, S-C-A-B-S, at bloomforwomen.com. And in the meantime, I'll be playing tetherball with my kids, although guaranteed I'll get hit in the head with a ball. But as Dr. Rady says, it's part of life.